thought I'd get closer, so I walked on over, sat down and asked her name. When the drinks finally hit her, she said I'm no quitter, but I finally quit living on dreams. The most ghoulish of greetings, my wraiths. Those amazing tunes you just heard, of course, are courtesy of the awesome Bobby Mackey, and I'm your host, Tessa Morrow. Wisconsin, where the Mastodon once roamed free. A quarter of America's cheese comes right from here, and they are number two when it comes to milk production. In this episode, we will be hopping all over Wisconsin. The first stop is in Rosendale on Callan Road. Now, that might be its official name, but locals refer to this as Witch Road. It branches off of Highway KK. Story goes that an old hag lived in a house in the woods right by the road. She wasn't just some grumpy old gal who would sit on her porch getting her kicks by yelling at passerby. No. Word around town is, hey, this chick is a witch. (laughs) There's an old dilapidated house. Really just ruins now on the edge of the road. Many say that was her house. She lived there until she died, and now she haunts the woods and the road going through it. Which road? Travelers who dare drive on the stretch of road have reported seeing, hearing, and experiencing some pretty unexplainable things. Strange, unexplained balls of light. Not only caught on camera, but seen with the naked eye. People who get out of their cars and walk around, will suddenly encounter extreme cold spots. Eh, you know, Wisconsin could get cold. We know this. But this is like in the summertime when it's pretty toasty. Sounds they're often heard that people just cannot explain or debunk in any shape or form. The sound of water has been heard before. Now someone actually did some legwork. I like it and searched for the source of the running water and found a small creek. So that can be debunked as not being supernatural or paranormal, but hey, it's running water in a creek. What cannot be simply debunked is the sightings of the apparition of a little girl, often seen hiding behind trees and her cute little head peeking out. Unexplainable lights, they wander throughout the trees, and at times there have been reports of people seeing the witch's face in a tree. Next up on my Wisconsin list of haunts, we find ourselves in Stevens Point at Boy Scout Lane, a desolate road that goes through the woods. A perfect setting for a legend, and you better believe this one comes with a legend. Dates back not too terribly long ago, back in the 1950s, maybe even in the 60s. Story goes that there was a group of Boy Scouts who were in the area for a camping trip. But, you know, it didn't go as planned, and they all end up dying. And how they died, there's several stories behind it. One story goes that the children were murdered by their deranged bus driver. Another that involves the bus driver is that he lost control and they all die in a fiery mess. And yet another story is that the Boy Scouts wander away from their destined camp spot. You know, they want to 
to go explore the surrounding woods, check out the area. When they come face to face with something, an animal or a person, and they're all killed. Some believe that one of the boys dropped a kerosene lamp, which caused a horrific fire, and that's how they all died. And yet another wild story is that the scoutmaster has had quite enough. He loses his cool. He kills every single child. Then when he realized what he had done, he hangs himself on one of the nearby elm trees. And some passerby have actually claimed to see a shadowy figure sway in the wind from one of those tree branches. Now you think that any of these stories would be easy to find if it was indeed true. A fire caused by a kerosene lantern, killing several kids, a scoutmaster offing every single child, a deranged bus driver killing them all in, or a fiery bus crash. Nothing can be found, but I'm all for legends, okay? Whether there's a morsel of truth to this story or not, which I'm not leaning towards anything that it did happen, but... You know, that hasn't stopped reports from coming on in of people encountering strange things in the woods on the road. I believe this road is now kind of just like a dead end. So people who go through here truly do go here just to explore. But I recommend you turn around and go on the other way as... Access denied. Yep, that's right. This road is now considered private property, so... Might as well just mosey off to another location. As Wisconsin has a handful of haunted locations, you guys. No fret. But in the past, when folks were able to go on Boy Scout Lane, people would go and they would often see these lights resembling those of a lantern high up in the trees. When you go there, you may have the all-too-familiar feeling that, hey, you're being watched. The laughter of children have been reported here as well. And there have been times where people have claimed to actually see child-sized handprints all over their vehicles. Also, the eerie sounds of footsteps coming from behind you when no one else is there, well, that happens too. I found one online account that someone shared saying that when they went along with some friends one day, as soon as they got onto Boy Scout Lane, they felt extremely uneasy like there were eyes watching their every single move. Video recorder in hand, they record their trip there. While there, besides the eerie feeling that they weren't alone, nothing of severe importance actually occurs. At least that's what the group of friends thought. That changed quickly as they watched their video feed. At one point, the person who shared this account coughs. After the cough, the video recording captures an odd, unexplained, heavy, quote, whispering breath. The video also caught a small ball of light, make a quick appearance, then disappearing in an instant. They also caught what looked to be that of a face pressing up against one of the car windows. Furthermore, upon leaving, they saw two stationary lights while looking in the rearview mirror. This person adds that this is not in the middle of a city or a town, so there's no city lights and no other cars were there when they were there on the trip. So who knows what those lights were? And that face, that creepy face. I mean, oh, that's really cool stuff right there. 
We now head on over to Fond du Lac County where there's a cool looking old house surrounded by a gate and it's said to be cursed with death. The Witherell House. Looking at its picture, I can see why people are attracted to it, but I need to say that due to the amount of trespassers, vandalizers, and the curious seekers, it's now under surveillance pretty much around the clock. Somebody call security! They, they take it very, very seriously. There are many people online who have shared tales of getting caught. One group of friends went in, and I guess a couple thought that it would be cool or hip or whatever it is to throw some stuff around, trash the place. Well, they get busted. A trespassing fine was tossed their way, and every single one of the people there, even those that didn't destroy anything, they had to pay $1,500 worth of damage each of them. Another person shares that they went in just to take a look. They did not touch anything. They didn't break anything. But when leaving the property, they came face to face with the sheriff's department, spending one night in jail. But before being hauled off to the old slammeroo, they went down to the basement and was shocked that even though it was in the dead of summer, the basement floor was completely covered in a very thick ice. And you don't even have to be inside to get in trouble. In 2004, someone was just on land itself, outside, looking at the house, and they were given a $147 fine. So, really, it's just best to admire from far. Like, go across the street far. You don't want to be close to the line of the property at all. Known as the Witherell House, due to its most recent owners, that being Archie and Adelaide, they bought the house during the Great Depression and fixed it up, and they lived there until their deaths, Archie dying in 1967 and Adelaide in 1981. Now, there's a rumor, and I don't know how true it is, that somebody actually was in there and they found a letter from what I guess used to be a nearby asylum. Dear Mr. Witherall, we are sorry, but we have to release your daughter and wife as we are closing our business down or whatever. And so I don't know if Adelaide was in, you know, an asylum for a while or what have you, but either way, very interesting stuff. But, you know, they remained there in this house until their deaths. So again, the Witherell house. But in my opinion, I think the house should be known as the Phillips House, as it was built in 1853 by a gentleman named Elihu Phillips. He was a former sheriff at Onondaga County in New York. He had kind of a really hard life, poor guy. He lost two wives, both at very young ages, and all of his children. In 1825, Elihu marries Harriet Towsley, who dies just six months later due to tuberculosis. In 1828, he then weds Eleanor Jones. Together, they have two sons. They both die in infancy, unfortunately. They then go on to have a daughter that they name Ellen. For a short while, things are good with man and wife and their child. In the 1830s, Elihu is the colonel with the New York State Militia, then he is elected as the sheriff. Life is good indeed. That all changes in 1838 when his beautiful wife Eleanor dies suddenly. 
after Eleanor's death, Elihu decides, hey, it's time to move out of New York, start over fresh. I'm leaving the Big Apple and heading to the Cheese State. He wants to start fresh with his last remaining, not only family member, but his child, Ellen. So he takes her to Wisconsin, where he builds them what's now known as the Witherell House. It's a beautiful area. His brother Lyman, who lost an arm due to a fever, likes it so much that he actually builds a house almost identical, very close by. And I guess that it kind of messed with historical records. Some people were confusing the houses, but this house is no longer standing as it was sadly destroyed by a fire back in 1876. In 1855, death hits the Phillips house once again when the second year of them being in Wisconsin, Ellen dies, leaving Elihu utterly and completely alone. Ellen dies just one day after her 22nd birthday. For a man who lost his whole family at young ages, Elihu himself lives to see 83 years, dying on January 10th, 1884. At some point, it is believed that a Dr. Kenneth Stormer bought the property. He was a forensic pathologist who served in the Army. He held the position of assistant medical examiner for the Milwaukee County and Fond du Lac County Coroner. He was also the consultant on the Jeffrey Dahmer case. I don't think he ever lived there, though, but I'm unsure of that. And he dies in 2013. One person says that they wanted their senior pictures taken in front of this house. And afterwards, they looked at the picture and they see this figure just kind of standing there in the left window when nobody was there before. And a few years back, a couple of teens were just moseying on by past the house when they noticed the candle is lit in every single window. They then claim to have heard this horrific screaming sound and seeing a large shadow-like figure passing by the front window. They anxiously run back to one of their homes and tell the kid's parents and the mom apparently says, do not go into that house. It is cursed with death. People have reported seeing apparitions, shadow figures, unexplainable sounds, and horrific screaming and just so much more. Now, the last stop in Wisconsin is the Maribel Caves Hotel. Looking at pictures online, you would think that this place is in Ireland, but no, it's right here in Maribel, Wisconsin. Many refer to this location as Hotel Hell. Unfortunately, it was demolished in 2013 when 190 per hour winds came barreling through. Now it's basically just ruins of what once was. Now it's said that this hotel survived three fires, all happening on the same day, but in different years. Now, I'm unsure if this is actually accurate, and I even saw on some sites that people said it was two fires, not three, while others argue that it was three fires. Either way, I think it's safe to say that this place has had its challenges. An Austrian, a gentleman named Charles Steinbrecher, he designs the hotel to resemble the health treatment spas that he had seen so often back home in Austria. He dies in 1892 before construction actually is able to start, but his two sons have it built in his honor and memory of their father, making it just how he would have wanted it. 
They use local limestone from the area, and 30 masons build this beautiful location in just four months' time. When one of the sons dies, who he was actually a father with St. Mary's Catholic Church, when he dies, the clientele starts to change. People who were coming here were wealthy, well-known, respectful clients. This changed to gamblers, prostitutes, thieves, bootleggers, and the mafia. So completely opposite. I couldn't find any concrete proof, but it is said that the Marable Caves Hotel was at one point Al Capone's hideout where he used to run moonshine right out of it. Since this location did have access to the natural spring waters coming right out of their own faucets, at one point it did operate as a therapeutic hotel, people often going there to soak to heal themselves from any injuries or illnesses. Like most of the places that I have mentioned in today's episode, this location is also on private property, so just admire from afar. This location is believed to be extremely haunted. People have heard the ringing of a bell. I think it's safe to say we all have all heard that before, especially people who travel a lot, staying at hotels, motels, and inns, and what have you. People have also felt cold hands firmly pressing on their backs. This seems to happen a lot when the third floor was accessible. Screaming has been heard in the basement area. The caves are actually right below the hotel. No wonder it was named Marable Caves Hotel. People have heard moaning and laughing coming from within the caves themselves. There have been sightings of an apparition of a little girl, often seen wearing a black dress, wearing no shoes whatsoever, and she's usually on the stairs that leads down to the Maribel Caves. In addition to the little girl, people have also seen the apparition of a man wandering throughout the ruins, looking out the windows. There are a couple other apparitions people have seen here as well. One is that of a little boy who is often found playing around the road. And another can be seen also hanging out by the road, but also in the front lawn. There have been reports of people hearing somebody singing near the old stables, which also is haunted. By horses, people often will hear horse sounds and hooves hitting the ground, when no horses are in sight. Speaking of horses, there have been times people have seen a phantom-like carriage with horses wandering about the property. Some people have even claimed to be chased by a strange, unexplained white light and phantom footsteps coming towards you or from behind. Well, that's a normal thing here as well. Rumor is that a coven of witches used the long-since-abandoned area to conduct rituals and sacrifices. It is believed that one day, while in the middle of performing a ceremony, a portal to hell was opened right where the front yard fountain sits. People have also seen things levitate and move all on their own. Did you enjoy this week's episode? Yes! Listen to the others, you guys. They're equally awesome. Haven't heard every single one yet? 
Really, there's no need to cry. You can binge listen right now by hitting up any of those podcast platforms such as Spotify, Deezer, Player FM, CastBox, Podcast Republic, Owl Tell. Basically, wherever you may roam to listen to your other spooky podcasts, you'll probably find Paranormal Prowlers podcasts lurking in the background. This week's special city shoutouts go to Somerville, West Virginia, Inverness, Scotland, Fortuna, Foothills, Arizona, York, England, and Quakertown, Pennsylvania. You guys, as always, it is just extremely appreciated that you come back time after time and listen to the podcast. I appreciate every single one of you. Do you have a spooky story to share? Perhaps you want to hear about one of your local haunts, myths, or urban legend on a future episode. Recommendations are always welcome. Or maybe you would like to be a future voiceover as people have so much fun doing it. Whatever the case, how about you throw an email my way at paraprowl at gmail.com. You can also find me on Facebook under the new page Paranormal Prowlers Podcast. Be sure to check out the newest episode released every single Monday, and we will see you next week.